Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Teams podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Payne. I'm the Community Impact Coordinator for the San Antonio Baptist Association, and we are doing a podcast. This is March 2020. Thank you for tuning in. This broadcast or podcast will be going to discuss again uh, sex trafficking, and this is part two. Uh, before we begin, Brent, would you like to lead us in a short word of prayer? Our God and our Father, we bless you and praise you and magnify you. You are awesome. And so we pray, Father, that you would meet us in this room today as we discuss this uh, subject of sex trafficking in our city. And Father, we pray, Lord, that the power of your name and the power uh, that you have uh, bestowed upon us through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, will help us in, uh, in, in meeting the needs of these young people who are being targeted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Jennifer and... Uh, Kylie. Kylie. <laughs> Kylie. He's finished. Forget it. You're, you're here with us again. Sorry, I get this a lot. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, Jennifer, I'd, I'd like to ask this question initially. And we've talked about sex trafficking. But how large uh, is sex trafficking... In, in, in terms of uh, our city, San Antonio? In San Antonio, because it is, I-35 is known as the corridor for sex trafficking, and so it is a significant number. Um, I know in the state of Texas, um, in one of the reports that um, that was released was about 300,000 in the state of Texas. And so I know that San Antonio and sex trafficking is the most vulnerable are from big cities. So we're looking at Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin. Those are the major cities that um, sex trafficking are showing the higher numbers. And 35 runs through three of those big cities yes, to, exactly. in, into Mexico, basically. Wow. You said 300,000. Mm-hmm. That's a year? Yes. Wow. And some of these children that are being targeted, uh, could you discuss a little bit about how uh, foster care uh, people are involved in? So some of the reports are showing that, um, like I said, from 60 to 80 percent of these kids in the foster care system. And what's interesting enough, it's not just the kids that are aging out. It's in the overall system that 60 to 80 percent in the beginning i was thinking man 60 that's still a ridiculous number 60 to 80 percent are i'm thinking aging out or ending up in sex trafficking and when i went back and looked at the statistics it was like no it's just if they've even been in the foster care system so that number is even greater and so we're looking in the 200,000s that we're like we're missing the mark with them and so um so those, ki- those kids that, um, ha- one of the ways that they're targeting them is through sending kids and like the kids that they already have in the tra- um, tra- sex trafficking, they're sending them into group homes of the foster care system and they're being targeted, um, they're targeting, sorry, they're luring these girls the girls are going in, luring them, like, hey, let's run away. Let's, like, forget this place, you know. Let's let's keep on going. And and so then they get them to run away, and the traffickers are able to get them. 
So some of the caretakers themselves are involved? Mm -hmm. So like the, the foster care homes are actually calling up some of these sex traffickers and having vans meet as soon as they age out they, just to get rid of these kids. Um, mm. Yeah, it's pretty sad. So yeah, the, the caretakers, a lot of them, well not a lot, but some of them are involved in terms of just receiving the money. Mm -hmm. and, and I get that. But how how are they using, I guess, their authority or their ability to uh, to get these children to uh, to get involved in sex trafficking? The children are very like vulnerable as it is because they don't yeah. really have that guidance that you would receive from an actual family. So just that vulnerability in itself, like being told to do. Some of these kids don't even know what they're gonna be mm. facing as soon as they walk out those doors. But I mean, the ones that are easily more persuaded. Um, it's just not having that guidance in the foster care home. So not only are the kids in the foster care the most vulnerable, the ones that are most vulnerable are the ones that feel hopeless and depressed, you know? Mm -hmm. when, that, when a trafficker comes and says, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna give you a bit of hope, and we know that it's false hope, um, but you know, it's it's the illusion. You oh, know, and they don't they don't know that. Yeah. Until they get in. Yeah. And the other things are children that experience trauma. One of the um, awesome things is going on in our city is um, that has been going on in our city is that they're teaching organizations and schools to look at the ACEs, and so those are looking at trauma and that have occurred. And the ACEs are trauma, recognizing trauma that has happened and that could be a divorce, a death, a separation. You know, we think it's like a major trauma situation and no, it's pretty much our everyday situations that have caused trauma in kids. And so those kids that have been through a trauma of a death or a separation or a divorce, they're vulnerable to sex traffickers as well. And so if you think about many of the kids in the foster care system, they what have why were they taken away? Abuse, neglect, um, sexual abuse, you know, physical abuse. So it escalates their vulnerability. So it's not getting any easier. It's not getting um, the numbers are not going down. Mm -mm. They're going up. Correct? No, correct. And uh, because of that, uh, and, and yes, we have organizations like Luminary, but. And, and other organizations that are trying to meet uh, the needs of these young people. Uh, but what are some of the difficulties that you are facing uh, in terms of uh, just helping these children? So some of the things that we're doing is, one, we're building communities around them. We're providing them mentors, and that gives them, um, we know that um, bringing loving adults around them, loving Christian adults around them, brings a positive influence on them. And so that's one of the things that we're doing. We're also um, providing classes like Love Notes to them. What It's a curriculum that it's like, it's it's really popular right now um, with even like in the schools, but it's really awesome. It has godly principles that is put in a way that can be used in the schools. <laughs> yeah. And so it talks about relationships. And one of the things that I, I love about it is like it says like don't make rash decisions like 
no big decisions 30, 60, 90 days into a relationship. You think about traffickers, that's probably their period of grooming, right? That 30, 60, 90 days. And and it's saying uh, one of the, it shows a lion or it shows a kitty. And it shows like that at the first 30, 60, 90 days, you see a kitty because of the chemicals in your brain, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so... And then after the 90 days, the lion comes out, you know, and you see who that person truly is. And so it really gives um, tools that maybe they didn't have a good family dynamic and they don't know what a healthy, good relationship is. And so that's one of the ways we also want to do education success. We know that those that have an education and, and have hopes and dreams to fulfill them are less likely to be vulnerable. And the other thing is that um, we'll do a financial literacy and and we want them to dream. And so like we'll do a financial literacy with an entrepreneurship. And so at Luminary, we also are connected to a business called BFI Treasures. And that BFI Treasures has vendors that were... Um, where we want our students to go along with those vendors in a retail space to create a, their own business. And you have that right in-house? Yes. And and it's my understanding that you have a, another business that uh, somewhat supports? Well, that's BFI Treasures. Okay. So that's BFI Treasures. So it's, it's a poor, for-profit business, and we allow vendors to set up their items and we sell for them. But you imagine the cost of a having a retail space, a brick and mortar, and all the cost that goes into that, sometimes it does make the dream impossible. Absolutely. But if we can teach these young adults, like, hey, we're going to support you in this. You dream. What, what is it that you want to – what items do you want to sell? What what can you craft? What can you – what's your skills and ca- talents? And then we're going to give you a space and opportunity to build your business there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer, what about education? Uh, a lot of these kids, 18, are probably just about ready to graduate from mm-hmm. high school. What about moving on to college? Yeah, so if, um, especially those kids that age out of the foster care system or a teen parent, the kids that are in the foster care system, they have free college. So in the state of Texas, they have free college. So imagine having a support system to be like, hey, let's do it. You can do it. Somebody to believe in them, that they can be successful and they can do it. And so really encouraging them and mentoring them yeah. through those years, wow. it's great. easy to get discouraged during your your early 20s to be like, oh, like this is too hard. I want to give up. You know, I'm going to miss a semester. And what happens if when you miss a semester, you usually take a while to go back. Yes. Yes. So, well, we're also going to try to partner with uh, Workforce Solutions too, mm-hmm. right? Which they actually help provide job training and um, I believe they pay for tuition up yeah. to a certain amount for even <coughs> just going back to school. They even provide entrepreneurship classes as well. Like they'll pay for them to go to um, the local colleges and take entrepreneur classes. And so see how partnerships work. It's like we're going to do the things that we're good at. We're going to do – Kylie's going to do the music program. We're going to share the gospel, build um, community and – And just support. Yeah. I feel like a huge thing in all of this, a huge word is support. Uh, Without support – I can only testify from not having the support where I've been at a very low spot and not being able to feel like I'm capable of doing a lot. Um, Having the support, even 
just being a part of this ministry myself, um, it's just really changed my life. It's, it's, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have the support I already do from wow. them. So. And that's Luminary, just providing that um, support. It's not telling people what they can and can't do. It's just trusting in God to lead them and and to what He wants them to do. And like that's the ultimate goal mm -hmm. is to get them to do those God-given dreams and them live it out. One of the other things that I wanted to talk to you a little about, a little bit about, um, we've got organizations all over the city. And uh, you've kind of targeted uh, one area of our city. Uh, I want to ask you, what what is your target area, and why did you choose that 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 particular area? Yeah. So we actually. Um the Lord led us to the northeast side of town. Um, for Youth for Christ, I was used to the west side of town, and that was kind of, um, you, you kind of, when you're there, you kind of fall in love with it and the, and the people in the community. And so the, when the Lord, um, when we started Luminary, the Lord took us to the northeast side of town, and little did we know it's the one, it's the one side of town that with the less resources for these kids. And so we really wanted, um, we really love the fact that um, bringing resources to the northwest side of town where we don't have to, those kids on the northwest side of town don't have to travel to another community to get served, that we're serving them within the community. And I, I believe in the future, like, um, we're starting in the Northeast, but to create hubs all over the city, Expand. yeah, serving different communities. World nationwide. Who? <laughs> nationwide. Become known nationwide. Sure. Nationwide, all right. Yes. Trust God. Yes. Get you well known in San Antonio yes. first. Yes. <laughs> now, what churches are involved with you right now? Do you have any names of any churches that are working with you? Right so we're actually, since um, we're fairly new, um, we're building those partnerships. So I know that we're building the partnership with Redeeming Grace, and um, but we're building those partnerships right now. And so those are those are important to us because where are we going to get these kids connected? You know, that's the key, getting them connected to local bodies of churches um, that they be in to create church families. And so, um, yeah. That's fantastic. I am really grateful to, uh, to be in this room with you guys. Uh, and uh, it's, it's amazing that uh, uh, in this day and time we still have this problem. Yeah. But it exists, and it's real. And uh, we can't put uh, a mask on something that's uh, just out in the open. Uh, but Jennifer, I thank you and, and uh, uh, for, you know, just answering the call of God. He didn't mention Kylie, did he? Yeah, she's in the room. <laughs> he didn't want to say the word Kylie. They don't want to say my name, so it's all right. <laughs> well, we thank you once again. Uh, we're going to do a part three. Okay. I think this is a very interesting very important subject, and we want to get a little bit deeper into it. So part three will be part of that, and then we will conclude in part three. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to Sabbath Teams broadcast and podcast. Uh, we've been touched with this topic, and we want to hear more. So stay tuned for, for part three. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Teams podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.